Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I'm still looking at Neville Goddard's book, Your Faith is Your Fortune, and I have a few quotes that I'm going to pull from it today. The first one is in response to an email I received from a listener earlier today. In chapter three, The Principle of Truth, Neville talks about meditation and getting to this point where you you feel formless and faceless. Uh, The first principle, he doesn't call it that here, but it's getting into the stillness, the silence that you are already. I'm gonna read the quote to you. It's uh, longer than usual, uh, but I'm going to read it and then answer the question. The invitation of the scriptures to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord is not given to a select few. It is a sweeping call to all mankind. The body from which you are invited to escape is your present conception of yourself with all of its limitations, while the Lord with whom you are to be present is your awareness of being. To accomplish this seemingly impossible feat, you take your attention away from your problem and place it upon just being. You say silently but feelingly, I am. Do not condition this awareness, but continue declaring quietly, I am. I am. Simply feel that you are faceless and formless and continue doing so until you feel yourself floating. Floating is a psychological state which completely denies the physical. Through practice and relaxation and willfully refusing to react to sensory impressions, it is possible to develop a state of consciousness of pure receptivity. It is a surprisingly easy accomplishment. In this state of complete detachment, a definite singleness of purposeful thought can be indelibly engraved upon your unmodified consciousness. This state of consciousness is necessary for true meditation. Now, when I first read this a couple of years ago, that word necessary bugged me. I don't like being told anything is necessary. That goes, <laughs> I've told you the story about how in high school, I had a teacher just interrupt me one day when I was countering something he said. He said, Brignac, you're such a contrary person. <laughs> so anytime I'm told something is necessary, it's like, eh, is it though? <laughs> the listener was talking about this feeling of floating that Neville talks about here. And she said she tried it, but it was, she wasn't successful. My first answer is, that's okay. Don't make it a thing. Don't put any effort in trying to get to that feeling. I used to take this, you know, I would was serious about it. I would get in my room, turn off the lights and put in some earbuds and play some, maybe some deep cello music. I love violins and cellos. I love stringed instruments. I absolutely love them. Uh, but I know there's no power in the music, but I would put it on to get me into that meditative state and try to force myself into this feeling of formlessness and facelessness, this floating that Neville's talking about. You do it all the time. You're doing it every day, every evening when you fall asleep. Those few moments when you're drifting off, that twilight of sleep, you know, you're not awake, but you're not in the deep yet. There's that moment where you're here in that what Neville's talking about. You're formless and faceless. You are floating. You're detached from your present second set of circumstances, your body. You're detached from everything that you've identified yourself with. You're doing it not even realizing that's what you're doing. And in these, these moments, and Neville calls it also the state akin to sleep, 
when you sit down and just get quiet. You don't have to count your breaths. You don't have to get into a, a position, a certain posture. You don't have to do any of that. If you want to experience this, just relax. Have a drink and chill out. Listen to some music. I know this particular listener that asked me the question, I know she enjoys good music. So just listen to some good music and feel yourself just kind of floating away from everything that you had been previously thinking about and worrying about. But you can access this moment, this feeling of detachment at any time of the day. Just take a deep breath. Just... And all you're doing is just taking your awareness, your attention off of this present set of circumstances, your problems, the things you call your problems. And just that moment, there's the opportunity to shift, to choose your preferred state. But specifically, this thing that Neville's talking about, don't worry about it. Let it happen when it happens, this feeling of floating. You do experience it. You just don't realize it, that you're already doing it. So I would just say, relax. Relax and let that happen as it happens. It will. But you don't need that to experience what you want to experience in life. Absolutely not. You don't need to worry about a specific technique. You don't need to follow somebody's guidelines, some teacher's guidelines. Any technique that Neville even talks about or just ways to get you to the point of noticing that you're doing this and have been doing this your entire existence as a human being. You notice by applying the techniques that Neville talks about, it gets you to the point of realizing, oh, yeah, I see the connection now. I see that what I'm experiencing, not just the big things, not just big health issues or finances, but everything, the bed I'm on, the house I'm in, my relationships, everything is reflecting back to me, my imagination, my consciousness. So by applying these techniques that Neville talks about and other teachers do, not all of them, some of them are kind of crazy, they get you to the point of realizing, oh, I really don't need another teacher. I don't need another technique. I know that my awareness of being is God. I know it's me, and it always has been me. Uh, back to this feeling of uh, detachment. What I do, I don't, you know, I don't do what Neville says and repeat I am, I am uh, in my mind. For me, I automatically want to uh, answer the question, <laughs> complete the sentence. <laughs> So what I do, when I do it like this, I just take a moment and I get quiet. And I just think the word I. I stop right there. And for me, that, that instantly detaches me from everything. I. I'm not even, I'm not anything. I'm not being anything. I just... I'm just pondering or feeling the I of me, who I am, just I. And I don't say it. It's a feeling. 
And that works for me. For me, it brings me out of the present set of circumstances. It brings me immediately into this stillness, this silence. And I'm there. And I'm nowhere. And the words I use to try to describe it aren't going to, uh, aren't uh, sufficient. This feeling of oneness, of, it's a feeling of allness and nothingness. It's empty, yet full of everything. And there's no words for me to use to explain that feeling, because it's a feeling. It's an experience. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. What words could I use to describe it? Wow. Damn. <laughs> no, those aren't even good enough. But detaching from one's present set of circumstances, from my present concept of self, into this moment of beingness, maybe just an instant, but I did. I pop out of that present circumstance. And then I can move from there to anything I want to be. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about, uh, you know, putting forth any effort or trying to get to that feeling of floating. Let it just happen. Just relax. You're doing it. It's just noticing it now. Just notice that you're doing it. You're not making something happen. You're just not noticing it, that, noticing that you're already doing it. But you don't need me to tell you that. You don't, need, you don't need a coach, a teacher, a guru. You don't need anyone outside of you. Well, for one thing, there is no one outside of self, outside of who you really are. All you need to do is commune with yourself. And it's not some big meditative ritual that you have to do. You don't have to practice yoga. You don't even have to eat what the latest book says is healthy eating. You don't have to give up alcohol. Thank Jesus for that, right? <laughs> if you believe alcohol will destroy your liver, it will. If you believe, uh, you know, adding lemon to your water is bad for your enamel on your teeth. Well, there you go. Nothing outside of you has any effect on you. You affect everything that you think is outside of you. So you need no one. You need no master. You need no uh, another seminar to go to to fix your ills. You don't need me. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't. And I really, I hope, if you're listening to this now, I hope later, a year from now, you're not. You have no need for me or anyone else. Maybe sooner. Maybe after this one episode, it clicks. You remember who you really are, and you don't need me. You don't need anyone to do anything for you or even to teach you anything else. You have always been the one cause, the operant power, like Neville says. Not just not now. Not all of a sudden you found Neville Goddard or you found some teacher online or you came across feeling twisty. It doesn't mean like now you're the operant power. No, your awareness of being, consciousness, I am, God, the big kahuna, the big cheese. Pam Grout in her books, she calls it 
the field of potentiality, the FP. She also calls it the big dude. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you call it. I just want you to realize that it's you. It's who you really are. And your present set of circumstances is only your set of circumstances because that's what you're imagining. In chapter four of Neville's uh, Your Faith is Your Fortune, he says, today there is so much said about masters, elder brothers, adepts, and initiates that numberless truth seekers are being constantly misled by seeking these false lights. For a price, most of these pseudo-teachers offer their students initia initiation into the mysteries, promising them guidance and direction. Man's weakness for leaders, as well as his worship of idols, makes him an easy prey of these schools and teachers. There were schools back then when he wrote this book. Uh, there was a, what, the school of Theosoph... Theo I can't even say it right. Uh, Madame Blavatsky started it. She, uh, I'm not, you can look her up, but there was a lot of uh, new thought movements back then, just as there are now, and there always have been. So they really shouldn't be called new thought, but there were these teachers, you know, the science of mind and uh, these other organizations and institutions that would promise enlightenment if you, you know, pay them for multiple treatments, multiple visits, then they'll fix you. Oh, this problem is going to require four more visits, four more treatments. And even, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these new thought schools come from uh, the Gnostics, the pagan Gnostics and the Christian Gnostics that taught that uh, the Bible, you know, is written as a, like what Neville says, it's a psychological drama. And even the old Greek myths and Roman myths, all of the myths that some people, literalists, have taken literally, were really written to explain what's going on within us. It's all a movement in consciousness because that's the only reality. But just like in the past, year, thousands of years ago, people took these Greek myths and began to think they were literal. And the same thing with the Hebrew, the Jewish myths. They took literally and formed a whole religion out of it. And the same thing with the Christians. They took it literally and made it into something that controls people and puts fear in people. It's a, he could very well in this quote be talking about churches too. You must come to church. God forbid you come to church and not tithe because that God wants you to give me your 10%. And hey, not 10% of your net. No, it, I love that. 10% of your gross income. They took that quote from the Old Testament, you know, your first fruits, that it needs to be gross. Well, come on. Knowing that the Bible is written about your imagination, it's all an internal drama. What it's saying there is give your, give your all, your first fruits. Give all of your self to self. Turn within and the floodgates of heaven will open. Well, where are the floodgates? Where is heaven? Within. It's within you, expanding within you, not in your body, in your imagination. So there are no masters that you need to pay, no schools of thought to follow. 
In fact, if someone allows you to treat them like their master, that they're uh, better than you, that they're a guru or a master, run from them, turn around and get away from them. They may never call themselves that, you know, in a, in a way of uh, false humbleness, never call themselves a master or a guru, but they certainly enjoy you treating them like that. If they really got it, if they really, really, really understood who we really are and the un understood the oneness and the beauty of this allness and nothingness that we are, then they wouldn't put up with that at all. They would never allow someone to treat them like they're some uh, ascended master. Come on. I'm certainly no master. Right now, I'm Mike Brignac, enjoying this experience, expanding, expanding more and more, just as I know you are, because you're listening to this. You wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't open to new possibilities, to open to understanding who you really are. Now, I said all that, I don't mean not knocking anybody that charges. Um, I mean, this podcast is free. I don't require anybody to pay me anything when I chat with them. But I don't knock anybody that... Uh, ask you to pay them for something that they've produced, something they've made, something that they've put together, that's great. If you have a problem with it, that's your own problem with money. Where's What's your uh, feeling about money? Okay, the last quote from Your Faith is Your Fortune for today's episode. This is from chapter uh, 13, The I'm Pressions. Knowing that your awareness is God you should look upon each desire as the spoken word of God, telling you that which is. Look at your desires as a nudge from your self, your true self, a nudge from God. The only time when you have a desire and you're, you feel bad about it, you're feeling bad because you don't have it, you don't realize that that's your inner being, that's God saying, hey, this is yours too, by the way. We just, you know, fall back into that. We have that habit of we think of it, something we want, we have a desire, and then we automatically think of all the reasons why we can't have it, why we're not that. But God is saying, giving you a little nudge on the shoulder. Okay, yeah, I know God's not separate. God is you. But work with me here. So he's giving you a little nudge on the shoulder. Hey, look at that. Let's do that. Let's experience that. So it's not a problem when you realize that you, that's your true self giving you that desire. And if your true self is the only thing that is really real, consciousness is the only reality, God, and you have that desire, why do you think you can't experience it? Why is there a problem? The only problems you think you have and fulfilling that desire are based on these things that you call your past. These things that you've locked in as your history. Oh, women can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not in the right, I don't have the right education. Well, all of that's made up. The education system, the economic system, all of these things are things 
that are assumed to be true. So drop any notion of having to follow the guidelines of what society or tradition or the educational system says. It's your world. What do you want to do with it? Take that desire and accept it. Accept that it's yours. I know you want some techniques and you want to make, you know, you may, you may like to make lists of ways to do things and have a program and you want me to give you some detailed regimen to follow every day. The only thing I would say is wake up every morning knowing that it's up to you, that your imagination creates your reality. And decide before you get out of bed that this was a wonderful day. It doesn't have to be specific. Just fall into that feeling, that thrill, that excitement, that something wonderful is happening to me right now. That's the only thing I would tell you to do. Know who you are. Become obsessed with your imagination. Not obsessed with the problem anymore. Obsessed with you yourself. By the way, obsession is what we're talking about in this Saturday's call with the Vibe Project. Uh, Clay uh, Mara is going to promote it, I think today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Tuesday, rather. We're going to be talking about in the call on Saturday. So I hope you join. If you've missed the call, then check out the Vibe Project. You can get the replay, uh, access it there. Anyway, we're talking about obsession then. But become obsessed with imagination. Fall in love with your true self every day. Wake up that way and fall asleep that way. And by just doing that, you know what you want. You don't need to keep restating it. If your awareness of being, if you're God, do you, why would you need to keep writing it down? You know your desires. You know those little nudges from your true self. You know you want a nice house. You know you want financial freedom. You know you want health. So why not move into the thrill, that feeling, that wonderful feeling of something wonderful is happening to me right now? You already know what you want. So move into the feeling that it's already done. You don't have to pick it apart. You know all the things you want. So just enjoy the thrill of them already being done and that life is unfolding, that each day unfolds in such a beautiful way. Be like a kid again. Mm, yeah, I want that. Thank you. Just surrender to it, your true self, and trust yourself. All right, send me your questions. Send me your stories. I want to hear about them. Feelingtwisty at gmail.com or look up uh, at feelingtwisty on Facebook and Instagram. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.